Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore Best songs of 2021 We're in the studio I can't believe it He's sitting close to me Not too close, thankfully Craig Fitzpatrick It's a Christmas miracle Yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year Yes I was, I'm waiting for confirmation I was anticipating slightly more from you there uh, Hopefully we'll get more from you on the episode But listen, if you flag and if you mess up It's okay Because coming back off the bench the super sub that is the wonderful, amazing Zara Hedeman is with us. Hey, lads. Hey. Gang's all here. And Sonic Architect Adam is in the house as well. But uh, <laughs> he's got a mask on um, and he's in the background. Is this the first time we've all been together since this last year? Last year? It could be. The same yeah. room. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. What a year it's been. It has been a year. Oh, the same old, same old. Actually, Dave, when you said songs of 2021, I got confused. I was like, no, it's still 2020. Thought it was still 2020. It does the year feel like that part just two. won't end. Mm. Yeah, time is just an abstract concept these days. Don't worry too much about it. But we, what we will worry about though is whether it was a good year or a bad year. Listing music or is an year for music. Um, yeah, we won't fuck around too much in the preamble. But you're going to say we won't bore you too much. Suffice <laughs> no, to say, uh, this is the official penultimate episode of the year. Now it's a big one. Um, I think these episodes, on average, were about two and a half hours long last year. So we're going to try and tamp that down a little bit. We'll see. We have a new approach to the kind of get down to the nitty gritty. The way this works of course is Zara, Craig and I each pool together our shouts for best songs of the year mm-hmm. and they kind of, you know, resulted in a bit of a league table. We had to kind of like, you know, finesse some stuff and put some stuff in order maybe make a couple of cuts here and there. We had a big Zoom call and it was very civil, wasn't it, Zara? Extremely civil. I think it was just because we were all a bit spent. Yeah. You had just recorded a podcast. I had just had 
Drinks. Drinks. <laughs> with, um, Maybe that was it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I had just had drinks with my three sisters and it was all three of their birthdays. Um, so it was a big catch up. I walked home in the rain. So I was absolutely wrecked. And mm-hmm. Dave was like, oh, we'll do this at 10 o'clock. I thought he meant the morning the following day so right. I was like yeah that's perfect <laughs> and then he was like yeah so this Man United match is rounding up soon I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah a thrilling victory over Arsenal that we all enjoyed but essentially no, <laughs> Gunners out guns <laughs> I think it's like Gunners bang, out bang. Gunners out, Gunners um, out. Um, so yeah and yeah no it all came together fairly smoothly um, so what we have as we had last year is 20 down to number one but the way that we're going to do this is we're going to go through songs 20 down to 6 and then we have a top 5 same with the albums and in the top 5 we don't know what got what points essentially so it becomes an alphabetical thing and it becomes a debate situation much like the choice prize or so on where we try and put it into order and try and pick an overall song of the year uh, it's all clean good fun everyone in this room is Scientific good friends fun. Mm. Yeah. it's fair to say right Status. Yeah, clinical. Yeah. it's all admin really um, so uh, without further ado well I guess real quick I will say as always thank you so much listener for staying with the show this year and for tuning in for the end of year festivities as we do and if you like what we do and if you love what we do patreon.com slash no encore is your place to go for bonus content and to just help us keep the lights on you know it's christmas well it's up to you really i'm not gonna you know zara's a patron of the show so you know best five i spend every month satisfied Aww, customer yeah, and that's good stuff but uh, and and before we get going greg I'm not a patron of the show, which riles you up. Maybe we shouldn't get yeah. into that on such a contentious yeah. patron. patron. Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. What? Support your own business. It's So is yeah, Adam. They both do it. Now, Craig I will say... Craig yeah. Horse in Advertising. Capitalist Craig. Craig over here. I could just give you money and not have Patreon take a cut. But it's not about that. It's about showing... It's about the numbers. It's about the it's representation. About, it's about that, but it's also mm. about the fact that you're like, I believe in my own project. I'm showing you how much... I don't know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, have you not- met me? I don't know if I have those levels of self-confidence. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have met you. I've known you for 10 years. <laughs> 10 <laughs> glorious years. But here's 20 glorious songs. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the best songs of 2021 on No Encore, as decided by us. And you're going to hear a supercut. Adam has put together some audio magic for you. We're going to take the first five tracks, then we'll talk about them. We'll tell you who they are afterwards. You get to hear them in real time. Maybe you'll know some of them. Maybe you won't. Here are 20 down to 16. <laughs> Well, 
this is exciting, isn't it? That was uh, In Order. Number 20, Superstate, Yoga Town. Number 19, Billie Eilish, Oxytocin. Number 18, Megabog, Emelion. Number 17, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, also known as Silk Sonic, with Leave the Door Open. And the last song you heard there, number 16, was Hard Drive by Cassandra Jenkins. Uh, I think we're going to like maybe champion some kind of individual ones here, as opposed to going through every single song. Uh, from my point of view, I was delighted that the Cassandra Jenkins song made it, Hard Drive. Um, it's something that we talked about on No Ox Chord, on our Patreon, of course, uh, during the year. And it came out at the very start of the year. It's not generally my type of thing. I mean, this kind of very slow-paced kind of spoken word thing, but I have found it uh, continually captivating over the course of the year. Uh, Craig, I know you're, you're a fan of that song as well, aren't you? Yeah, really big fan. Um, didn't make my list because I forgot about it, as happens with all of these songs. <laughs> He's a pro, everybody. <laughs> but earlier in the year, I was wearing it out and I love, well, I love that kind of thing. So it was right up my street. I love the kind of diaristic mm. um, approach to it. I think lyrically, it's stunning. Um, y- you know... <sighs> to be honest to invoke a despicable bloke it had a bit of a Mark Koslick feel to it mm. um, uh, to invoke a great bloke Dan Bejar just that kind of thing of quite, quite languid and stream of conscious and yeah really really like that one yeah that was one that I kind of came to a bit late and I absolutely adored it and then got stuck into the album straight away off the back of it I was glad to see Billie Eilish pop up here as well. I think Oxytocin is probably the best cut off that record. So, and it's mm. a it's an absolute banger. Even here in the studio, Adam's mm. bass is just rumbling oh, through the man. building. Yeah, with the flashing lights. The flashing lights. There was really, some bopping going on. Yeah, yeah there was like some good was bopping going on. But Zara, um, can you please tell us about Megabog? Yeah, Megabog. Um, that would I say be my favorite song of the year. Uh, sorry to our top five already. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so obviously that is the moniker for Erin Berge. Um, she's just a really amazing. Um, very uh, surrealist musician all of her stuff sounds really different that song closes out her album from this year Life and Another and it became my walking home anthem uh, especially now that it's a bit crisper and a bit darker the just like kick in of the wild feral saxophone is so great um, her vocals are amazing and yeah couldn't couldn't not have it in and I'm so glad it's there and Craig I presume Silk Sonic is a uh it's one of mine, yeah. Um, I haven't fully fallen for the album, An Evening with Silk Sonic. I think maybe because of when it arrived, it felt like it was going to be such a kind of like getting us through the summer and having a bit of a fun time with it. But then it arrived later in the year when things were turning a bit grim and just the vibe was off. But when this, when Leave the Door Open arrived, oops, tremendous. Um, a bit pastiche but they're so good and they work so well together and it's so knowing and the melodies are great that yeah I had to include it Superstate as well for me just kicking things off um, shout out to Graham Coxon it's the I, most I, Craig song of all time very Craig, <laughs> so Craig. <laughs> kind of charges in it was a nice way to lead things off I guess and I like the fact that he's made a kind of concept album that's tied to a graphic novel so he's done basically Gorillaz um, 20 years later but more low key which is the most Graham Coxon thing ever mm. All right, let's take the next set of songs in our top 20. And I should note, the playlist for this will be provided on Twitter at No Encore Show after the episode comes out. So if you miss anything in this rundown, you can get them all there. But for now, let's have 15 down to 11. Say grace and truth, she rather cried. 
right. Uh, in order there, before we get to Zara's shock uh, <laughs> that occurred during that playlist there. Uh, that supercut, rather, I should say. Number 15, Low, I Can Wait. Number 14, Stone Fruit by Armand Hammer. Number 13, Jackie by Eve Tumor. Tumor. Number 12 was Lucy Dacus and First Time. And the last track you heard there was Mohabat by an artist called Aruj Aftab. And Zara Hedeman said, that's a Craig song all day. And I said, nope, that's me. So there you go. Uh, who is... Such an enigma, yeah. I think you know someone and they just keep... Should we get um, Zara's thinking on why it was a Craig song and not a Dave song? Vibe. Okay, just it was following. just like such a cool uh, atmosphere. No, I Thank don't you. mean is it. <laughs> wow, wow, okay. Yeah, no, I think like it was just really atmospheric and very much reminded me of the Cassandra Jenkins song, which I also thought was your pick. It was not, no. Um, well, listen, I think you need to evaluate this musical twin thing you've got going on with Craig because it sounds like, you know, am, am I incapable of vibe? Is, is, is this an no. untwinning? <laughs> Apparently so. Um, the last track you heard there is a song that I just find completely spellbinding. So Aruj Aftab is a Brooklyn-based Pakistani vocalist and music composer and producer. Um, her album Vulture Prince came out this year and it's just incredible. Um, she's a, like a, a really interesting new artist that I saw. I saw this pop up on Pitchfork as like best new music earlier in the year and uh, she did an interview with them. I'm just going to quote them for a second. Uh, Aftab's new album Vulture Prince honours and reimagines centuries-old gazelles, a form of South Asian poetry and music that she grew up listening to with her family. The art form meditates on the intense longing caused by separation from God, and Aftab either sets this poetry to original music or entirely transforms existing songs, eschewing the frenetic South Asian instrumentation typical of the originals for minimalist orchestral arrangements. Uh, She is insistent that people not oversimplify or misunderstand her practice. People ask, is this an interpolation? Is the song a cover? No, it's not. It's very difficult to do this. It has taken a lot of time and energy as a musician, so it's not a fucking cover. I'm taking something that's really old and pulling it into the now, she says. She talks about heritage. She's kind of a barrier-breaking artist, and this song in particular, I just thought it was... I mean, it's it's quite long. It's quite languid. Um, But I I heard it early on, and I remember being... It took some time for me to kind of click into it. Um, And in the the run-up to this in particular, I wanted to go back and find some stuff that I kind of put to the side during the year. And this one announced itself, Mm -hmm. essentially. And I couldn't stop listening to it. And I was like, not only do I have to find a a place for this within my 20 no fuck it this is in my top 10 this is amazing like it's like nothing I've heard all year and I think it's just absolutely outstanding and I would encourage people to live with it if you haven't heard it yet it's very um, when I heard it for the first time it just felt very like untethered to now it felt like this could have been um, something that um, that really great label uh, Light in the Attic would have like oh, put yeah. out like as a re- lost album from like the 60s or something like that um, I loved listening to it it's really cinematic as well and mm. um, like you could imagine this kind of being a discovery from a soundtrack to quite a a, a, lo- a gorgeous like film that's Trek kind of vibey. Yeah. Trek three, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I love to thank you, David. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, um, thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> what what can I say? Um, sorry, I, I guess real quick, should we should we address the Eve Tumor in the room? Because like, I really thought Jackie would have been like a, a top five contender. This is like last year. Do you remember last yeah, possibly. year with um, their album? That we were we were thinking this is going to be the album of the year possibly yeah. and it wasn't in it the conversation. Up being like number six, yeah, I think. just missed out on the top yeah. five. Yeah, Jackie didn't make my list and I love no, that song and I think it's a case of Eve Tumor being 
a bit handicapped by the fact that the standards are so high in recent years that it's like when I heard Jackie I was like well that's another kind of great song but is it pushing the conversation forward in terms of them being tremendous <laughs> like not really so maybe just the talking points weren't quite there it's for me. more that I thought it was a very mainstream accessible banger and yeah. I remember like I remember Nadine O'Regan for example like I can't remember if I sent it to her or if I put it on Twitter or something but she was like I've never heard of them before this is incredible and I was like yeah no it's awesome um, and there's a lot more where that came from Yeah, um, it was interesting though when their EP came out this year I did see a lot more not like backlash but a lot of people who had maybe championed them earlier on in their career like really just loving the innovation of the music which of course there's buckets of it especially in that last album um, and I just saw a lot of people being like this is just a bit too like you're saying a lot more straightforward yeah mainstream but I still love it like it's yeah I, I, I agree I think it is surface level mm. um, but I, I, I thought in a year in which I don't think there have been that many great surface level pop songs yeah. I thought this was easily one of the best but uh, we shall move on Craig what are some of your standards from this yeah, list I'll probably spotlight Arm and Hammer who are a duo from New York um, Elusive and Billy Woods they've been working with The Alchemist uh, production wise on Harem which is uh, the new album which is tremendous and Stone Fruit was the pick from that it's the closer it's this like rough and ready nursery rhyme thing it's quite a rest compared to what's come before and it's like yeah a bit of a revelation uh, lyrically very deep and then you get into this amazing verse towards the end from Billy Woods where just graphically it's intense the imagery is tremendous and captivates me and I have some lyrics here on my multicoloured printed notes <laughs> because of course my printer was like out of black ink so it looks very is, Christmassy it's like old times isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rock up with some blue stuff well, so. real quick when Craig yeah. talks about old times he's referring to like going down to electric picnic on the hot press bus the hot press bus <laughs> a bus hired by hot press um, VW and yeah. Craig <laughs> Craig would have a folder full of just like so many interviews printed out on paper you've never seen a more meticulous guy prepare for an interview whereas I'm just like well, I guess I'll just wing it and see how it goes and sometimes Natural it works ability, sometimes Dave. it did not so. <laughs> let me read you some lines she finished on top and held in the crook of my neck she dragged the bones home and built a bed she drank rosé out the skull but held it gentle as my living head Merry Jesus. Christmas the I don't know why vocal. I read that but I think it was just because it was in huge font compared to the rest <laughs> as I desperately tried to print I will say on that track the uh, the unvarnished vocal I, it took some time to work on me but once it did I was like oh this is amazing yeah oh, and I, I think after it. everything that's come before it's just this moment it feels really well earned um, so check those guys out if you can and Lucy Dagos as well I give a shout out to um, member of Boy Genius and I think the most talented one um, and yeah just lyrically stunning there's another song on that new record called Tones which is a bit too intense for the list but it is tremendous piece I like of that writing. song quite yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. yeah very good and of course Lowe made it here as well Zara I know you're a huge champion of that band yeah I love them they featured I think in the last top five that I did with Craig musical couples yes they did sorry yeah. musical couples yeah so they're my number one uh, Lowe would always be my number one um but yeah, I Can Wait came from Hey What, which uh, an album when I was listening to it the day it came out absolutely blew my brain to pieces. Um, it's just, again, another sonic kind of masterpiece from them. Um, I love the the partnership there between Alan Sparhawk and Mimi. Um, just they're so experimental, so uh, gripping and captivating. And even though it could sound kind of uh, abrasive to the ear there's something that I just really love about that because it kind of soothes me a bit um, 
calm from chaos, perhaps? Yeah, no, listen, I've usually when referring to acts like Converge or whoever, like I've always said that I find absolute beauty in their absolute chaos. And this low record, when I was getting into it, I was like, Jesus, I was like, I have to check sometimes to be like, no, my earphones are fucking up. Something's wrong. This can't be because there's so much manipulation going on. Yeah. And I always find it um, wild that they have achieved this sound, obviously between the two of them um, and just working together. But I really feel that like BJ Burton has really elevated that. And I always just find it so mad that he has, he's like the Bon Iver guy as well. Um, he obviously does a lot better stuff with Low. Oh, well, wow. listen, there's no Bonnie Vare in any of these lists. I'm not it's sure harder. if there was anything released this year, but uh, I'm kind of on so. the dance slope of Bonnie Vare, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, the conversation, however, continues as we move into our top 10. Let's have songs 10 through 6, please, Adam. Chips now. It's a Tokyo bouncy ball. It's an Oslo bouncy ball. It's a Rio de Janeiro bouncy ball. numbers 10 through 6. Is it fair to say that I got a bit moody there? Let's go through these one by one. We started off there with Scratch Card Lanyard by Dry Cleaning into Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast at number 9. Number 8 a little known group called Nine Inch Nails and Health with Isn't Everyone Number 7 you heard William Doyle the former East India youth and the song Nothing At All and number 6 there was White Elephant a song I've been calling Elephant Gun all year but it's called White Elephant by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis Craig I throw to you where do you start with this? I don't know there was a lot of discussion going on during the little mega mix there Um, and yeah it's quite diverse I love the transition I was just saying of Health and Nine Inch Nails which was not one of my picks it was it wasn't one of mine either I think it might have been Dave it might have been me yeah possibly into William Doyle Um, quite the sonic disparity there I'll just talk a little bit about William Doyle because that Nothing At All song is uh, one of my favourites of the year. It's, you know, resignation as a mode of transcendence maybe. And that musical backing, it's almost like a kind of Nintendo score. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of lumbers into view and there's something ethereal and otherworldly about it. And yeah, he's kind of one to watch. I think he just released a new EP as well. He's constantly putting stuff out, a bit unheralded. So I would recommend people check that out. Um, That was actually... Not really a discovery, but one I picked for no aux cord, which patrons of the show can check out. Um, so get on that. And yeah, just clears a bell voice. Really, really beautiful. Um, and actually, I always think of as my cemetery song. Please get in. Please immediately get into this now. We talk a lot on the show about how I go running, right? So like (laughs) this 10k route that I've been doing since the summer. (laughs) 
<laughs> at the 5k mark I go to Selbridge and there's the Selbridge Cemetery and sometimes I stop and um, a well, number just, of times just I stopped just as this song would come on <laughs> and it was very poignant and let's move on to your guys picks yeah Zara you're up I'm actually still kind of a bit speechless <laughs> after that my cemetery song um, I will go for maybe dry cleaning scratch card lanyard um, Craig and I reviewed that album when it came out mm. uh, New Long Leg I love this song um, kind of raging it's not a bit higher up in uh, the list um, I absolutely love Florence Shaw's delivery there. Um, yeah. There's some really hilarious uh, lyrics, especially from that song. Um, her delivery of, say, even like, thanks for the Twix, which comes later on. Um, I just found, even though it could be kind of like a monotone sound to a lot of people, it might grate some people. Um, I just found that her voice was so much of a magnet because of how unusual it sounded. Um, I loved this. I found this song really engaging. Loved the um, instrumentation around it as well. Kind of reminded me of the the great heyday of the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Wow. <laughs> I know, <David. laughs> The great heyday, you say. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> ah, listen, you, you can always go back in time, though, with the with the magic that is music. And uh, I should say, from my point of view, uh, yeah, obviously I picked Health and Nine Inch Nails. Really? It isn't everyone? Yeah. Uh, I did. It came out early in the year. It was a collaboration, so, like, you know, I'm not going to spend too long on this, but I will say, um, I think it's a magnificent song. Fine, it's tuned to my frequencies like crazy. Like, Nine Inch Nails, I'm obviously on record as being a huge fan. But I adore Health, a Los Angeles kind of noise metal band that have been around now for quite some time. And I find that they're just not as, you know, up there as people, as they should be. Like, you know, and like the last time they played Ireland before the pandemic, they played the Grand Social and it wasn't even full. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, where is everyone? I was like, this is, they're so good. And like, they're continually reinventing themselves. They have a a signature style that is is beautiful. Jake Dusick's vocals sit so well with the kind of noise pollution that they put out into the world. They are a pop band. They're brilliantly distortative. That's not even a word. Pop band. But I'm going to stick with it. Um, So they've done collaborations for the last couple of years. They did one with Nine Inch Nails. The story is a beautiful story because it's like they obviously respect and look up to Nine Inch Nails so much and the fact they got to work with them. Jake Dusick had said that he didn't even want to put his vocals on it because he felt that he'd be like, he's like, you know, I, I can't compete. But in the end, it, 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 his vocals are the ones that kind of I think really seal the deal yeah I think so and they're so beautifully uh, composed in the refrain and you know it's very emotive in a beautiful way it's a melancholic enough song but I think there's hope in there like all the best songs in that way and I love it but uh, let's focus on Nick Cave and Warren Ellis and White Elephant in the room yeah the, oh. <laughs> yeah. White Elephant in the room oh my god we couldn't not talk about it after that clip <laughs> that Adam pulled yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's such a violent song, but it, it's kind of classic Nick Cave, though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's probably the most Nick Cave song that's ever been Nick Caved. Nick uh, Cave. I was about to say that, but, <laughs> but it's like it gives way to such an incredible, just like procession of love uh, at yeah. some point. You're like, how did this come out of this? And uh, we we were so captivated by this when we first heard it back in. Is it January? Yeah. I think it might be. Yeah, it was very yeah. early. February, February. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, this song in particular, the whole album's great, but this feels like a kind of art installation or something you yeah. just kind of sit back and admire what's going on and the transition as you say from this brutalist take on the state of the world current events that isn't done in a kind of hacky trite way it's actually really impactful and really emotive mm. and then this release at the end where it goes from very stripped back to almost like primal scream moving on up I think the yeah. melody reminds me of this joyous kind of thing but what has come before makes it feel quite sardonic and you're not sure of your footing or if he really means it 
is it really joyous or is it like delirium it's it kind of knocks you off pace it's a masterful piece of work from mm. Warren Ellis in the cave and yeah yeah it's who else could do this thing with yeah. those yeah. two do exactly. you know what I mean yeah. when I left the house actually today I was like okay I'll I'll stick on maybe some of the tr- tunes for today and uh, White Elephant was the first one that I went to and just it was quite like a misty grey morning so like the sonics really suited the surroundings um, especially like those really stabbing uh, string kind of synth bits which is absolutely terrifying and I was crossing the road while that was coming on so I was quite afraid kind of sounds like elephants doesn't it? it it's like yeah. Hannibal's army of elephants marching it towards it definitely yeah. like really perfectly captures that kind of tension and um exacerbation but yeah with that bit with the release then and you just hear Nick Cave like throttling out his vocals so impassioned so um sincerely in pain as well um it's just a phenomenal song what would you what would you have done if you were crossing the road listening to this kind of feeling freaked out and you looked up in the car in front of you Nick Cave was driving the car (laughs) (laughs) what what would you have done Zara actually actually shuddered back there (laughs) in her seat (laughs) my god I'd be terrified to meet Nick Cave I think really I'd say yeah. he's an intense dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say very confident. I'd say he'd be cool. Anyone who like dyes their hair that black, he's a showman. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, he's probably a lovely man. I'm sure he is. Yeah. I should say as well that shout out to Japanese Breakfast for providing some kind of upbeat tempo so, colour yeah. there in the midst in the midst of all that with B Sweet. Also a bit of a banger, but <laughs> yeah, in amongst all this gloom and kind of witheringness, was was quite the contrast. But yeah. so that's uh, that's all our songs now down to the top five business end and like I said at the start of the show the way that we're going to do this is we're going to play them individually this time and essentially what we're going to do is we're going to go and go in alphabetical order and then we're going to try and have a civil conversation (laughs) about what should be number five number four number three number two and of course number one Adam take it away The first song in our alphabetical top five, that's Animal Collective, and the song is Prester John. Next up. Yeah, that's a cold cup of coffee to the face right there. That's The Armed, and the song is All Futures. Next up on our list... A 
a bit more softly, softly in comparison. It's Kate LeBon, and the track is called Moderation. The fourth song in our alphabetical list is this one. Tell me if you know someone that needs Sitting by myself, I'm just thinking about all I've been through. I wish I was dreaming. Man, it's hard to be an angel when you're surrounded by demons. I watch so many people leave. I see them change by the season. That's mama's seasoning. God got you. The devil's watching. He's just peeking in. I know I made a promise that I'd never let the reaper in. But lately, I've been losing all my You didn't think we were going to leave Kanye West out of the conversation, <laughs> did you? It's Kanye West and Jesus Lord Part 2. Thank you. And the final track in this top five, up for debate, is this one. was the final song in our top five that's Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen and the song is Like I Used To so to recap our top five we have alphabetical order we will decide the order now we have Prester John by Anima Collective we have All Futures by The Armed Moderation by Kate LeBon Jesus Lord Part 2 by Kanye West and Like I Used To by Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen um, it has been quite civil so far so why don't I start with a hot take oh, oh is this no. the one you teased on the very civil zoom call what did I say I think you said one song does not deserve to be in this top five, but I'll save it for the pod. That's myself and Zara just looked at each other. <laughs> That's precisely oh the precisely the molten hot take I'm about to unleash here. And I should clarify, it is a song it is a song I like. It is a song that's in my own top twenty, I think. Oh. But oh, I man, what's your problem? My problem is, in my opinion, like I used to by Sharon Von Etten and Angel Olsen oh my God. has no business being in a top five of the year. Show it's, your workings. My workings are that I think it's a really ornate and lovely song I don't think there's any depth to it I think it's a commanding performance by two great vocalists two great artists but I just think it's a bit it's a bit one dimensional no? That's baffling to me because I think there's quite a lot of depth it feels very fitting for this year I mean lyrically thematically um, that thing of being in a state of inertia the world changing around you and trying to kind of get the strength to get back on track looking back and thinking okay maybe the best is behind me but that stirring sense of like I've recognised that and I can propel myself forward I this was one of my favourite songs um, no spoilers there I think it's tremendous I think in a year where we had like Sam Fender having a lot of success doing the Bruce springsteen thing this is a better version of that I'm not sure if there's a glockenspiel in it but there should be if there's not there should, there's like a glockenspiel going I need to be on this song Um so well crafted it immediately felt iconic to me like it felt like a Stevie Nicks and Chrissy Hines teaming up I just love both artists they work really well together and reading more about you know they've they've been interviewed together in their conversations of I think they first collabed on a Velvet Underground song a couple of years ago Sharon Van Etten wrote the bones of this song and just thought I'm I'm stealing this from Angel Olsen she should be singing this and just the chemistry between them is great um yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of depth to this. This is probably one of my most played songs of the year, so I'm shocked, actually. I was really shocked to see this in the top five. Um, 
it didn't it didn't feature at all on my list. But I do separately really love them as um, artists. Um, probably more so Angel Olsen. I've loved her music for years and years and I've loved how with each album her sound gets bigger, more experimental, a bit more contemporary as well. Um, this song definitely has a lot of power to it. It definitely... Um, can elevate you and propel you a bit but it really um I found I was really distracted listening to this song because Craig like you were saying there's like that kind of glockenspiel bit which is identical well, I'm not sure if there is a glo- there, yeah, the, that, like <laughs> that we heard oh, there. Yeah. um let's not fight about that Craig um it's a phantom glockenspiel yeah, okay we can uh, agree on that that uh passage within the arrangement is lifted from something it's lifted from a song that I absolutely love but I can't, every time I listen to it, I cannot put my finger on it and it wrecks my head. Um, it, and it's not like, it's not ABBA, but it is something kind of similar to that. There is a dancing queeny vibe. Like, I think I said when I, uh, like, I picked this song for, again, No Ox Court, Patreons, uh, <laughs> check it out, No Ox Court. Um, really into Patreon that you uh, don't pay for, so <laughs> that's interesting to me. I've heard it when, as we record it. It is ABBA meets Bruce Springsteen. I think it's, how can you I think have a problem with that, more guys? more ABBA meets Bowie. This song also really Again, reminds me Again, why of, isn't this the number one song? <laughs> it reminds me of Absolute Beginners. To bring it a back, lot. to bring it back to something you said before, Craig, and maybe my favorite top five we ever did, maybe my favorite Craig moment of all time when you ripped the fuck out of LCD sound system oh for you were like, phenomenal. you were like, heroes guitar, everything is pastiched to death, and I'm like, that's kind of the vibe I get from this one, where it's like, yeah. it's like what Zara was saying there, I was like, I think I've had the same problem where I'm like, it's it's overly familiar, yeah, but it feels like an, a kind of event song. It's two artists coming together, and I think their voices is that not, are so distinctive. Is that think, not gimmickry though? I don't think so. I think it's it's more celebratory. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it is stronger than some of its parts. Um, I take your point, so you've given really good arguments for it, but I think this is one of the songs that people will return to and think, yeah, that was a very 2021 song. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Do we want to be reminded? Of I don't know. It is tracks of the year. Uh, what year are we in? <laughs> Not tracks in 1999, there an, sadly. Yeah, well, yeah. There was another kind of aspect to this song that slightly grated me. Which okay, okay. Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I never go thought on, I'd go call on. out Craig Fitzpatrick on the... It's happening. Layer by layer. The, yeah, the great exactly. untwinning. <laughs> the great untwinning. What's Bart's uh, twin's name in the attic? Hugo. Hugo. Thank you, Adam. Um, the other aspect to this song that really um, grated on me is that I really like both Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen's vocals in their own material. I found their um, delivery and performance on this song extremely annoying. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't like it. Like, like it's, it's funny because like I'm the one who volunteered this, but it seems like you've got more of the issues than yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm shocked, guys. I, I just they soared. I, I just a triumph. Do you think? Like, <laughs> do you think it's too performative or something? Like, like, what is your kind of? I think there's a lack of sincerity in this song. Really? Oh, they've performed. A, have you seen them perform a live, live together? An acoustic thing. They're so into it. Just no, like the two, I haven't like, watched that. I have seen that. It yeah. is great. The weird thing is, I do like the song. I just don't think it's top five good enough. Like, like I think it's like a, it's a really good twenty for me. It's a really good like you know kick off your list. It should be here. I agree with Craig that like. 
overused word of course not by Craig but by society but like there is an instantly iconic nature to it where it's like oh this is a class team up and of course I mean, this makes perfect sense melody is huge right? it is oh, really well written song do you not think it's a bit laboured to get there though and like, it's almost like the song comes on and I'm like oh yeah this will take about two minutes to get going and I'm like yeah, yeah. I enjoy those two minutes guys I don't know you know <laughs> music it's subjective I'm to figure out the song as well that it rips off yeah and I feel like yeah. I'm edging ever closer to it so maybe by the time we're like figuring out who should be number two I'll remember and just blur that yeah, well, this is obviously number one, so we've decided that. Um, <laughs> what should we move on to next? Zara, uh, yeah. uh, the remaining four, uh, what track would you like to hone in on next? Oh, Prester John. Animal Collective, Prester John. Yeah. This kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, Tell us about it. Oh, stop, where to begin? Um, this came out maybe about three months ago, two months ago. Um, yeah, it was autumn for sure. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a Frank Sinatra song. It was awesome for sure. <laughs> um, and I, it came out maybe on like a third. It came out like kind of midweek. I don't think it came out on a Friday. Um, that's irrelevant. But um, classically unconventional <laughs> behavior from Animal Collective. You know, they won't conform. And co. But the, boys. Um, <laughs> the first time I listened to it uh, myself and co. Sorry. Uh, uh, David Tapley we stuck it on having a, a coffee in the morning and he was like oh we listened to the new Animal Collective and I was like yeah bang it on there and I swear to God from the moment I heard it for the first time it just absolutely blew me away Um weirdly as well it really the vocals the harmony really sounds like um, Bill Berry for me it's yes. so Those like sunshine yeah. Um, I love how uh, luminous it is. Um, th- and then just that absolute raucous kick in. The raucous kick in is genuinely incredible. And, like then that day, um, after listening to it for the first time, I think I had it on repeat. F- like at least seven times on my way into work. Um, this is funny, sorry, because like Animal Collective aren't necessarily, I think, generally that kind of band. No. But I'm flashing back to a time, uh, I think it was like 2009 or so, I went to Galway on like a college trip and I immediately banded my classmates and hung out with my, my actual mates. And I remember being in one of their apartments while they were working that day and I threw on uh, Strawberry Jam, I think. Mm. And I'd never heard it before. And I think I was getting into them off the back of Meriwether Post mm. Pavilion like many a, you know, pitchfork hipster boy in that time. But I heard Foreverend Green for the first time and I just could not stop repeating it. Mm. I listened to that song on repeat for about an hour. I was completely fucking mesmerised. And it's funny because, like, I think Animal Collective have have lost a lot of that power in a long time. And even, like, when... like I I, I think I heard this when it came out and I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But then, like, when it popped up in this list, and I know you're a huge champion of it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is... This is the best version of them, mm. but it's it's kind of been few and far between for me. It's for very so strawberry jam. It's mm. totally that sound, mm. and even like what's going on lyrically as well. It feels like a bit of a career retrospective, or like them. I was like, are they kind of saying goodbye? Like we don't have the album yet. Is it going to be their last album? Yeah. Are they going out like on you know firing on all cylinders? Um, I really like it. I wonder, like as a song. I'm I'm I was approaching it more as like this is a really interesting teaser for what's to come mm. and it seems to be kind of two songs or a couple of songs stitched together um I love that transition but it feels like I really want to experience it within the body of the album so yeah. that's why it wouldn't have hit my list but I mean musically speaking it was great I love that baseline there's something as always with Animal Collective a bit Beatlesy going on with it it's that Lennon you know, I want you. She's so heavy, kind of lumbering thing, which just works really well. Um, 
yeah, we've we've probably derided Animal Collective a bit on the podcast previously, Dave. It's, be, right? it's because they've lost they, form. Like, yeah, they're like a, a once great football team, a Man United, yeah. if you will. And <laughs> did they did Merriweather? I think I might have picked Merriweather Post Pavilion as an overhyped album. I can um, see that, I did but I enjoy. But I can, yeah, I can see they that. They were the saviors of music at a certain time, like a decade ago. And mm. I still think that's a great album, and that's kind of they haven't been as good since. I think, yeah. in my opinion, um, they do sound like they're recapturing something here. I wonder if they're kind of a band out of time. Zara, what would you say Prester John is about, in as much as what an animal collective song can be about? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I think you can kind of put your own. Interpolation <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call a dodge. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, is that about the 14th century guy that <laughs> hated Wait, Muslims? Was that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, there was just like, uh, there's certain points in the like lyrics and the imagery, like just even pointing to a broken stick, um, a, a dried leaf as well, I think. Um, and it just feels very like, an open like I'm not dodging the question here um, but it it does just have like a kind of openness where you can have it mean and represent whatever you kind of want for it to do and I think because this, the arrangement has that kind of steady build up it really paces itself when you enter it and then it just absolutely explodes I feel that that is kind of a moment that just like really gets behind you and it's that kind of um makes you feel 10 feet tall. And then the last like minute of that song is just the kind of weird, almost like um, defunct carnival where the rides are like slowly like winding down and becoming defunct. So kind of, yeah, like what you're saying there, Craig, about is this like their goodbye? Yeah. It does feel like a a wind down, but it is such an explosive one as well. It's so um, kaleidoscopic as well with colours. Like this gives me intense um, visuals when I listen to it without any point to Guinness or anything. Well, (laughs) speaking speaking of intense and intensity, uh, let's talk about the most violent song in the top five for me, uh, which is All Futures by The Armed. This is a band I had never heard of before until this year. As a matter of fact, I think the first time I saw them or heard of them was, I think Leagues O'Toole put up a gig announcement for them. And the artwork itself was quite striking from the record Ultra Pop, which would follow this song All Futures. And I was like, okay, this sounds like it could be my kind of thing. And I clicked into the, the, the track or whatever, and I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be my song of the year, isn't it? I knew very, very fast. This was my most played song on Spotify. Hilariously, it said like, I, it was like, you've played it 102 times. I was like, I've played this a lot more than 102 <laughs> times. There's no way. Um, so they're an anonymous, although less anonymous now, but they're an anonymous hardcore punk collective from Detroit, Michigan. And they've actually been around since 2009. Ultra Pop, the record that this was the lead single for, is actually their fourth album. But uh, Craig and I, we were reviewed it on the show um, Ultra Pop and essentially you know we were talking about how the gimmick of this band is that like who are they and is it really the people that they say it is and are these people in the video for the song actors or are they actually in it and there's you know there's DNA in there you got people who used to play for Dillinger Skate Plan and Converge and various others along with these kind of cool young kids who are big into bodybuilding there was that very annoying stereo gum interview during oh, the summer where, where they just go way too deep into the gaming. Yeah, but the music is incredible and 
This song, All Futures, in three minutes and four seconds, it gets so much done. Um, it is obviously a barrage. It is obviously not for everybody. I'd be curious to see what Zara thought of it, because I know it's not necessarily your style of music, per se, but I just get such a life-affirming lift from this thing, always. And I found as well that I was gravitating towards it at a time when I was in quite a bad place, and... The, the section it's funny because like Craig you cut the clip there I didn't and I, there was no direction but like you cut my favourite moment in the song yeah it's mine too because there's that bit where you know I'm coming around I'm feeling okay um, and like he has a secondary take on it and it's like I'm feeling okay and it's just like there's a combination there of like dry sarcasm uh, it could be accused you know it could be someone like you know I, I, I imagine like a guy singing in front of like his ex-girlfriend or something and it's like meant to be like kind of a fuck you thing but at the same time it's also about you know no it could be the much more wholesome version of that where it's like this is a guy who's overcoming his problems overcoming his struggles and his demons and stuff and at the time I just just latched onto it like a magnet I was like this is power like I'm, I'm powered by this mm. and it's been that way all year um, they were supposed to play in Dublin and it didn't happen for obvious reasons but I hope to get to see them sometime and the, like I say, the record's called Ultra Pop, and a lot of the reviews have taken that quite literally. And I wonder if it should be taken as literally, but this to me is a pop song. Mm. And it's such a fucking force of nature. I know it's not the best song of the year, but it's easily my favourite song of the year. Mm. Yeah, I find this to be an absolute beast of a song. Um, and even just like hearing it on Adam's incredible speakers, it really transformed my experience um, of listening to it. The first time I listened to it, I will admit, I think it was also just within the playlist that we had. It really, um, not jars, but it's a stark contrast to what um, comes before and after it. So it is immediately arresting. Um, It's immediately arresting regardless of the context, I think, of when you hear it. Um, It reminded me as well at, at times of, say, like, the kind of intensity and the assault of, say, like Death Grips at times, um, a band I really love. Um, and then there was times actually just listening to it there where I kind of heard maybe some of like Eve Tumor a bit um, to a lesser extent. Um, I know what you mean, Dave. Like this wouldn't necessarily be like my kind of wheelhouse of music, but I did really like this in part I I liked pockets of this song I found sometimes it felt a bit intense to listen to all the time but I think if if you're in a kind of headspace for it it works if you have a setting for it it works um but there were the opening for that album I thought was actually really nice as well yeah the title track such a contrast as well to, to this song which was also really interesting but yeah, I don't know if this would be a a standout song for me in 2021. I really like it. It's To me, it sounds like bubblegum pop, really. Like the mm. melody is very direct and, you know, there it is. I think there is a lot of joy and I don't think it's, it doesn't feel sarcastic to me. Yeah. It feels like it's life affirming. I've, you know, when we reviewed the album, I had some issues with the production and the way they approach the sound, which is obviously a hugely deliberate choice. And I think that intensity works in pockets, to borrow your words there. But there was times when I really wanted to, like, I I would stick on this song and other tracks from uh, the record throughout the year. And invariably, as I want to do, I would want to crank it up. And when I would try to crank it up my headphones, I was like, oh, no, this is just making it kind of unlistenable to me. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, it just felt like it was always at a like arm's remove for me, um, despite the songwriting being being really strong. I kind of like the whole setup. I mean, they're a bit bit too clever, clever. I don't know if they're as clever as they think they are, 
but as a kind of collective of musicians and I might have said this before it strikes me as a very modern like Queens of the Stone Age thing where it's leaning into hard rock it's a whole bunch of people coming and going and bringing their very best and the kind of singles the lead songs from this record have that runaway exciting feel of you know peak period Queens where it's just like a go with the flow or no one knows um, immediate but also disconcerting you slightly so I, I yeah I really really like this song I think they're both very fair takes I mean I think I've come in with this one being like there's always I think everyone always has that kind of moment where like this is like my my, my gut song it's my physical reaction song and like you know it kind of made that level of impression on me but I was really glad that it kind of stayed with me all year and that like I'm never bored of it it's it's basically like my unsainted by Slipknot of two years ago where it's like I know this will be in my my Spotify top 100 songs for the next two years like it's not going to go away anytime soon uh, is Kate LeBond and Moderation anyone's kind of gut pick or me <laughs> take it away um, yeah I'm a massive Kate LeBond fan I think she is just a hero um, she's so innovative she's so inventive she's quite chameleonic as well with her music she really changes her sound up album to album um, and in tandem with you know writing a new batch of songs she also will take on something like so say with um, Mug Museum she got into pottery and she sent out a mug that she handmade to all the pre-orders um, for Reward her album from 2019 she, album. oh my god stop um, she got into furniture making and she made a like bespoke chairs for people that like represented the album in the shape of a chair and then for this, uh, for moderation, it's on an album that's coming out next year called uh, Pompeii. She was inspired by a painting, um, which I think there are times that you can hear like really light brush strokes from, say, like the guitar. That sounded so pretentious. I apologize. Um, Roll with it. Embrace it. I want to hear more. Sure, yeah. look. Um, I just love how buoyant this is. It's real like... 80s Riviera cocaine yacht kind of stuff. <laughs> not that I've ever lived that. Um, not in the 80s. Not in the 80s, in the 90s for sure. Um, I love her vocals. I just love how bouncy this is. It's so immediately catchy. It's probably, I mean, for me, it was like one of my top songs because it was just such an instant um, fall in love moment just because she is so good at like presenting great riffs catchy choruses her voice I also think is just so distinct um, and yeah it may not necessarily be the best song of 2021 for sure it's one of my favourites of 2021 so I won't be insulted if this doesn't get number one. So number, number five two. then is what you're saying. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's fucking better than Sharon Von Etten. And Whoa. 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 I'm beginning to feel... Song. I'm, I'm beginning to feel bad for Craig now. Um, I will say... I didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostwriter. Uh, Kate LeBon, uh, like her voice, uh, everything you said there, I think all the elements are in play, but her voice is what brings me back the most to this one. Mm. Um, it, it, almost eternally captivating, just incredibly beguiling in that way and just like it's it's funny because like this would be probably like for me probably like the least standout one of the five 
um, in as much as like it's the one I came back to the least and like I found myself kind of having to be like oh yeah I really need to brush up on that one like Jesus mm. um, and it's not so much like it's not her at all I think it's just the arrangement I think it's just a little bit lightweight for me mm. um, and it's funny because like not to not to start the row again but like I do think the Sharon Van and Angel Austin song is better despite my it shouldn't be in the top oh, five. Oh my word I know I, I'm contradicting myself <laughs> yeah. wildly here but like because I guess maybe it's a, an indictment of this song moderation that the, this one didn't stand out enough to me to be like this shouldn't be here yeah I think and in fairness I think as well I'm definitely bringing a level of like there was a lot of hype around the Angel Olsen Sharon Burnett and collaboration and a lot of kind of again my big bugbear of like personality over art and I'm not saying that that is proved out by the song yeah but there was a lot of fucking Twitter reaction was yeah, there a lot I missed oh, all yeah, the hype big time wow I'm in my little box oh, I don't know well, the, need to spend more time on Twitter no you don't take away from this <laughs> no you don't I think the Kayla Bond song is really really good yeah. I, I, I just I worry that it's maybe just a bit too pleasant I'm probably the same every time I'm listening to it I'm really vibing with it I think mm. it's great I don't know if it's one of her strongest songs mm. um, like I love the guitar on it that kind of watery chorus effect thing is great but then, yeah, it just feels a bit slippery once it's it's gone off. I don't think it's in the same caliber of like a sad nudes or something like that. No. But it's got me excited for the album. Mm. But I don't know if that's enough to make it my you know top five songs of this year. Well, um, look, we have one more song. Really good. We have one more song in the top five to discuss that we haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> yes, we did. What could that be? <laughs> that song is one. <laughs> <laughs> the is it is it twelve minutes? Or, Do you know what I checked last night? Right, and obviously part one is short. This is this Jesus is Lord part, part two by part Kanye two. West. By the way, for everybody who's forgotten, yeah, <laughs> with Jay Electronica and the locks on this version and yeah. there's now two versions of part two on Spotify I noticed because Donda Deluxe came out I saw that yeah I haven't gone near that a, by no, the way 35 second difference between the Deluxe and the original <laughs> Donda and I true on both and I, I couldn't tell what the difference yeah. was and the difference between I don't between, know where those seconds have come the from the difference between G's lower part one and part two is the locks are on part two and those yeah, you get extra exactly. verses so we picked part two as a matter of fact hilariously like part one ended up in the like we had like a top seven at one stage and three of the songs were Kanye West songs that was my bad because I just threw in Jesus Lord it's all the kind of you know what I mean I presume we just go with the long version essentially we should all say that like in our long list initially like Moon by Kanye West was in there and there was also two William Doyle songs but what we did was Zara had the idea to essentially kind of give more airtime and kind of show more diversity to the list that we were like let's make a one song per artist rule which I know well I I was going to say I know it's an imperfect thing and uh, but like you could end up in a situation like the Irish charts where Ed Sheeran is, you know, in there 20 times. And, you know, yeah. as a result, we didn't want Ed Sheeran in here 20 times. You know, yeah. I can't believe he didn't make it once. But yeah, Jesus Lord Part 2 by Kanye West is here. And it's time for Dave to lay his cards on the table. I think this is, without question, the song of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just felt coming into this, I didn't give too much thought to how it would shake out. Um, I certainly didn't see that Charm Van Etten dissing coming. That drive-by. But I was yeah. assuming that the we would... The siren playing in after, the back. There actually is a siren outside. After chatting for two hours, <laughs> all decide that it would be Jesus Lord, part two. Um, our number one last year was Murder Must Fell, right? Yeah. So it was the extremely lengthy, languid, lyrical <laughs> new song from Old Favor Bob Dylan. And our number one this year being the extremely the new lengthy. Dylan. <laughs> the new Dylan. I have had Dylan. that conversation before. Well, please, let's have it now. Uh, Kanye West is very much like Bob Dylan. And at the moment, he is in his Christian period. Late so this 70s. is like, this is slow train coming. Um very reflective redemptive Kanye West obviously he's gone through his divorce yeah um, so we've got a bit of blood in the tracks on the CV there as well 
Um, his poetic wordplay as well is just so undeniable. Um, his uh, penchant for collaboration as well, mm. kind of having an amazing um, cast of collaborators that will appear, like Jay Electronica, Kid Cudi, The Weeknd. Um, All of whom Bob Dylan has used previously on his work. Uh, famously, <laughs> famously. <laughs> I, yeah, this theory stacks up to me. Big Does that time. mean we've got like a whole dodgy 80s coming for Kanye? Do we have for to go through sure. all of it? Oh my God. Surely, we, surely we've 40s. already gone through this. So it's a kind of natural progression, I think, that every artist, not to be like critical of someone's age or anything like that but I do think there is a point in someone's career like when you hit your mid to late 40s as you guys know divorce core is a real thing it's a real issue um, we, we, we should point out that we, we, yeah. and Dave aren't in our late when, when 40s like, you guys know I was like Sorry, they also panicked that the two of you uh, at the same time my eyes fell like, out of my head clenching beneath in, you You're well like, uh, very much very much in my 30s are, and you're and, and you're not far off at yourself so there you go you know let, let, not in it though but getting know. Jesus Lord part 2 she's 29 until she's 29 um, yeah so well, hang on have you put this theory towards people who are like you should how, how dare those artists be compared together like do you like? Cause I think I think some people in the world, you know, some, some your musos would be like, how how dare you compare Kanye West to Bob Dylan? I think it's idiotic not to think that they're alike, um, because as I have outlined, there are <laughs> compelling arguments. <laughs> yeah, um, be made. yeah, I'm right and they're wrong. Um, no, I think as like we kind of have said that there are those undeniable. Um, Par- uh, parallels between them obviously they have lived very different experiences but they have shared um, strife and they've shared pain and they express it I think very articulately uh, very generously as well and I think we hear just how generous um, Kanye can be with his experience on this song in particular yeah. and also it's a great choice of words yeah generous is yeah I will say I also wasn't convinced by Bob Dylan's shoe line either but at the same time <laughs> on Jesus Lord Part 2 right so uh, to bring it back to another parallel so Dave has a song this year called Heart Attack which is in my top 20 but didn't make our top 20 I think it's an outstanding song that song closes with a two minute kind of very harrowing uh, audio capture of his mother and every time it hits that moment in this very long song, I have to change the song. I can't listen to that bit anymore. Mm. However, Jesus Lord Part 2 ends with uh, Larry Hoover Jr. talking about his father. Yeah. And that's also like two minutes, two plus minutes of him going through it. And like, I never skip it. No. I never skip it. It's part of it. It's amazing. He's talking about, you know, how his father's been in prison his whole life. And Kanye is trying to lead the movement he actually just played a concert with Drake last night about this and stuff so um, example of Kanye doing good for society or trying to and it comes across in like he's like at one stage he said um, you might not have been the only person who could do that but you were the only person that did do that Mm. and like fine you could say well this is Kanye patting himself on the back Mm. by showing this but I don't it didn't come across the way for me it comes across as just empathy and also as someone who's not religious I mean as I get older I'm probably more agnostic than I am an atheist but I've always I've always defined myself as an atheist that way. Um, I am so touched by the devotional nature of this song. I think it's absolutely beautiful and hopeful and spiritual in that way. And I get something from it every time. And even like when that Larry Hoover Jr. speech is happening, when Kanye's voice comes back in one last time to say, tell me if you know someone that needs... Mm. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like it's, mm, literally. It's, I know. <laughs> but like, I didn't even do that. Like, like yeah. I, I, it really hits me. And I think 
you know, on an album that's so overstuffed and obviously problematic in lots of ways. And of course, the rollout, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll probably talk about it again. Um, but essentially, it's yet another example of the good Kanye and the great Kanye because the song itself is unbelievable and the the guest vocalist on this one Craig I mean good lord yeah uh, tremendous verses Kanye's storytelling in this it's just really vintage him getting in his bag and just the empathy the generosity as you've said that hook is to me it doesn't feel it is obviously super religious but it's more about that kind of salvation in any way you can kind of find it that we all kind of need because we're all flawed in certain ways we're all there's huge amount of disparity in the world which i think he outlines really well and it's just this really healing open welcoming song and it's hypnotic as well it doesn't deviate too much it's very sparse it's just that organ running throughout it and some really you know light bass pairing it along and that hook it's, but it's mesmeric it's like you're completely locked in from start to finish right through Jay Electronica who pops up with maybe the verse of the record if we're not counting Andre 3000 just his wordplay is absolutely tremendous um, and a lot of interesting political stuff going on there the locks as well uh, in particular I would say Jada Kiss who just I adore his his voice uh, you know one thing about the devil he's liable to get you is such a great delivery <laughs> that's why part two had to go in uh, just from start to finish it works every time for me it's it doesn't feel as long as it is no, no I was literally about to say stops, that yeah yeah, yeah um, it really flies by so quickly um, okay not so quickly but um, it's really well paced and like you're saying with the organ and just the the light accompaniment of the bass. It is one of the best, I think. Yeah. Top five Kanye songs, do you think? Overall. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, the argument is there. As a, as a statement from, from him in terms of where he's at now yeah. and the kind of the alchemy in the song itself. Yeah, it feels like it's an updated Jesus Walks, but it's, you know, a bit more furrowed brow. It's a bit wizened. There's a very strong argument to me for that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that, but mm. wow. I was talking to, um, for those I love, Dave Balfe when this album came out. Yeah. Um, I think I put up an Instagram story and like the day it dropped or days later or whatever and he just kind of replied to it and he was saying that like for him he's like Kanye is all time best rapper and like just like producer or whatever um, but he was saying that like he said he, he said Jesus Lord Part 2 is he said it's one of the best songs he's ever done and this was like you know just days into it he was like he's like it's it's incredible he was like I, I can't get over like how good this is and like it's such a symphony mm-hmm. um, and like you know again we can get into the merits and the merits of Donda when we talk albums because I'm sure it's gonna I'm sure it's probably gonna get into the conversation <laughs> who, knows, the next, so. who knows but like essentially I'm just so mesmerized by this mm. track every single time and I think it's it's just it's perfect ammunition to be like look I know he's waned I know the musical quality has waned as well but this exists yeah. and like that to me is enough like it gets him like another 10 year pass like you know in like, like certainly on the musical front I think it's just unstoppable amazing brilliant and I'm never bored of it yeah and it's also just such a wide-eyed look at the state of America as well yeah. um Obviously, with um, Larry Hoover Jr.'s monologue at the end, it's really devastating. Um, it's a reality that I'm sure a lot of people are sh- have shared and um, will probably have to uh, endure and suffer as well um, with the way that America is and their um, political system and all that uh, jazz. And yeah, to like throw that in then with just Kanye's own kind of struggles it's 
for this song to be weighted with like so much sadness, there is like, it's, it's such a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like what we were saying earlier about the like calm with chaos and beauty with chaos. Yeah, it's a pretty undeniable track. Um, I feel emotional just talking about it. Like you know, yeah. the, um, and I looked over at you there, and I was like, "Oh my god, is he gonna cry?" Yeah, honestly, like like it's 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 such a. It's, I, I think it's such an important piece of work. It is. Mm. Not to k- keep harping on about me going on my runs, but it's going to be a show. But like, is this I've, a cemetery song, Craig? <laughs> I've got teary whilst running listening to this, which is fucking not a good look. I'm sure it looks amazing. <laughs> imagine, no, here's that madman again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the massive le- headphones on. <laughs> the leak slip madman. I'm wearing a vintage United jersey as yeah, well, probably. That's 100% it, yeah. yeah. So this feels like it slots in really nicely into the number two slot after, Yeah, I think like so, I yeah, used yeah, to, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and put some shape on this. Okay. Okay, so um, I am, you know, because I'm famous for being very uh, King Solomon-esque on this program and, you know, often putting, say putting other people first. So I would be more than happy with All Futures by the Armed at number five because I think that it's very, it's a very personal pick for me. I'm delighted that it's in the top five. I think it's a song that I wanted to get spotlight and I'm I'm happy with that. And I'm also keenly aware that, like, while I know that you guys like the song, I know that it wouldn't necessarily be an overall representation of probably even the conversation we've been having from start to finish here today. So I'm I, happy I with the number five. I think it's too strong for f- just five. Really? <laughs> yeah, for I really like it. said... <laughs> That Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen had no place in the top that five. That was the teaser, but I'm, yeah. But I'm, I'm trying not to, like, enforce my own kind of, you know, just definitive thing. I, well, I, well, in fairness, I mean, like, I'm willing to have this conversation. I worried that it would be too outside the box in right, that no, way. I was like, well, we're not. <laughs> I mean, you know, in a perfect world, it's it's Kate LeBon five, Sharon Van Etten four, uh, The Armed three, you know, like... like yeah, Dave, we'll go back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, actually. <laughs> Craig, I think... What do you think? I think my number five is moderation. I think that is the way I... That's also my number five, yeah. for the record. Sorry, how are you feeling about that? Do you want to <laughs> I'll accept. Your... Oh, really? Yeah, I'll accept that. This no, is actually, good. sorry. This I, is no, gonna... I'm not accepting that. Sharon and Angel, number five. I'm putting them above Kate LeBon. As am I. <laughs> Craig made a very good case. Okay. But think... the problem now becomes, I, they're going to get into number three, aren't they? Yeah. Which makes no sense, based on my... <laughs> my well, t- I would be happy for... All futures to be above like I used to because actually I'm now shocked that, that even made the top five based on your reaction, guys. So I'm really happy with that. So what you're saying so, is Caleb on five. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon Bonnet and Angel Olsen four. Yeah. My boys, the armed are number three. What has happened? <laughs> I mean, Zara really likes that song as well, right? No, I don't mind sorry, you said pop. It. You said pop. You said there was, okay, maybe you said there was parts of it that, that really spoke pockets, to you. Pockets, David. pockets. So, wait, you, okay, well, let, let me ask you this question. What do you prefer? That or like I used to by Angel Oz and the Jarvan. I literally, um, I literally had uh, Alanis Morissette then one hand in my pocket and the other one slipping out <laughs> <laughs> because we were saying pockets and I was like, I was going to say, well, for the armed, I've got one hand, I've got one hand in a pocket, but the other one I don't. And I was like, oh my god, we're we keeping this, this in is already. A I song. think we're keeping this in. Is yeah, this, this is what happens. This when is you get down to the nitty gritty. I think the they call it. I, I believe it's called flow state, Craig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all state for sure. Um, I would, I would rather the armed over Angel and Sharon. I think. So in that case, number so actually no, I wouldn't. I think what is happening? <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> I feel like what like I used to is creeping up on you guys. You're, you know, the more I you think, think about it. I think it is it, a better song, actually, than The Armed. Whoa. 
I mean, Craig, I'm not, what have you done? I just made a compelling case. I mean, well, I say? I, look, I'm okay with that like, for the previous stated reasons. So, so five, Kate Lebon. Moderation by Kate Lebon, number five. The Armed, yeah. number four. All Futures by the Armed, number four. Like I used uh, to by Sharon Bonnet and Angel Lawson, number three. Good work by me. <laughs> so, Mr. John, number one. No. Jesus Lord, two. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I mean, Jesus Lord, part two already has two in its title, so it's perfect symmetry. And now it becomes, yeah, but now it takes the gold medal spot, I think. So hang on, let me just, let, let me just lay this out, right? Okay. You know, okay. I can barely speak now, okay? <laughs> if I, if there are no objections, the no encore top five songs of 2021, in number five, you have... Kate LeBon, Moderation. Number four, The Armed All Futures. Number three, Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen, Like I Used To. Number two, Animal Collective, Prester John. And the no encore song of 2021 is Jesus Lord Part Two by Kanye West. I like that. Do I have, do I, do I have a unanimous <laughs> verdict? I, mean, I wish we just wrapped the episode with Sarah going, that's fine. And then, Jesus, Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with that. I mean, I'm very happy with that. I think it just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense for us to have a fight over Prester John and Jesus Lord Part 2. I think after what we said exactly. about Jesus Lord Part yeah. 2. Yeah. Um, it, it spoke for itself in that way. Well, we, sp- we spoke for it, but we spoke well. It makes sense because you had a full Kanye West episode for Donda. With the most incredible supercut of all time. The most unbelievable oh. intro that the show has that ever... If, you've ha- listener, if you have somehow missed the Kanye West and Donda episode, please go back to the majesty of David Tapley's intro that week. It was just incredible. Sometimes I just put it on random and screw <laughs> myself up. Yeah, it's, it's the amazing. most dramatic what thing. Man. Well done, Tapley. So, Craig, do you want to say it? Jesus Lord Part 2? It's happening, it's happening baby! <laughs> Jesus Lord Part 2, baby! It's happening! Okay, so, uh, wow, I, I can't believe we did it. I can't believe we, we aren't sequestered away for two weeks in, in this jury room. We've done it. The No Encore Song of the Year is Kanye West and Jesus Lord Part 2. That was great. Well done. Well done, Kanye West, Jay Electronica, The Locks, Larry Hoover Jr., everybody involved. Unbelievable song. It's incredible. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. There is, of course, one more to come. We will be recording the albums one after we take a short break, but you'll be waiting a week to hear that one. That's how it works. That's how time works, everybody. But for now, I want to say a huge thank you to Zara Hedeman for being here for this episode. Thank you, lads. Thanks very much. Thank you, Patrick, for being here (laughs) beside me, of course, as well. And to... Um, you know, I, I don't want to call him a deity, but we are in a spiritual mood. The wonderful Adam Shanahan, Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan, Amen. Sonic Architect. Amen. <laughs> uh, and thank you, listener. Uh, I hope that this was a fair reflection. And of course, the playlist, all 20 songs will be available at No Encore Show on Twitter. We'll also put up a post on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash no encore. And that's it for Songs of the Year. My name is Dave Hanready. This has been No Encore Songs of the Year 2021. There will be No Encore Albums of the Year 2021 next time. Out. Take care. Tell me if you know someone that needs Sitting by myself, I'm just thinking about all I've been through. I wish I was dreaming. Man, it's hard to be an angel when you're surrounded by demons. I watch so many people leave. I see them change by the season. That's mama season and God got you. The devil's watching. He just peeking in. I know I made a promise that I'd never let the reaper in. But lately, I've been losing all my deepest friends. And lately, I've been swimming on the deepest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.